Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today to Off the Bench. Today is Wednesday, June 30th, and I'm going to give you guys just a little bit of a shot in the arm from God's Word and remind you that God is always at work. He's in the business of miracles. He's in the business of healing, and he's watching everything that's going on. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. As many of you guys have heard by now, I am running to represent Washington State's 3rd Congressional in the race for Congress for the House of Representatives. We have a very important deadline coming up for fundraising. If you guys care about what's going on in this nation, if it is bothering you that the radical left is pushing to indoctrinate our children through the school system, if you care about what's happening at our border, if you would like to see school choice at the forefront of what we're talking about on the floor of the House of Representatives, I'm going to encourage you to to join me in my run for the U.S. House of Representatives. You can support the run by going to HeidiStJohnForCongress.com. You can get on our prayer team. You can volunteer to help. You can absolutely sign up for our email address where we're keeping you guys apprised of what's happening with the campaign and what's happening politically with the issues surrounding Washington State. We appreciate your support, and you can support us at Heidi. St. John for Congress.com. This ad was paid for by friends of Heidi St. John for Congress. So I'm glad you guys are here today for this last day of June. I am officially out, I hope, of Facebook jail. And I've had an entire month that they have banned me from that platform. And during that time, I met with President Trump and I got an opportunity actually a few days ago to meet with General Michael Flynn, which was really an honor. And the Lord is just doing some really interesting things in my life. And I thought it would be good today because so many of you are writing in and asking me about, you know, the travels and how things are going. And I was recounting the other day with my team and Melissa and I were talking about some of the things that God has done, stories that I tell on the road and opportunities that God has given me to really see him at work in unique ways. And so I'm going to share a couple of those things with you today and some things that that God is doing and has done. And I want the, the point of me telling you guys this is that God is always at work. He's always at work. And so no matter what you're doing, you know, my encouragement, my strong exhortation to you guys always is get off the bench, get onto the battlefield. God is always at work. And because God's at work, we don't need to be afraid. And we don't need to wonder, you know, is he going to take care of me? Because yes, he says that he is. And in fact, Jesus talking about how God is working in John chapter five, verse 17, Jesus answered saying, my father has been working until now. He has never stopped working. And I too am working. And it's a reminder that even as we go through different challenges and even hard times, that I think that the goal of those hard times, right? The adversary comes to kill and steal and destroy, but Jesus came so that you could have life, right? And have it to the full. And the, the enemy is going to try to discourage you. He's going to try to tell you, oh, God's not working. God's not listening. God's not still doing things. But Jesus reminded us in John 5 that as believers, we need to know and live this way that God has been working. And he goes on to tell us that he's also working on our behalf to make our lives align with his purpose for us. In other words, we're going to, we're going to live to see God do amazing, miraculous things. And the Lord's been doing those things in my life for a long time. And sometimes I forget about them, but I'm, I'm going to tell you guys a story or two today, because 
these are the things that my our kids and I talk about a lot. And when I was in Illinois a couple of weeks ago, and again in Des Moines, I had the opportunity to tell this story. And some of you aren't familiar with Jay and I. When we first started working the homeschool movement, we started homeschool cooperatives. That's what we were doing. So we had an organization that helped churches plant homeschool cooperatives. We really saw the handwriting on the wall years and years ago as to where the public school was headed. And we thought, boy, churches could give a life raft to people in their church to say, hey, listen, we're going to give you guys an alternative to the garbage indoctrination that your kids are receiving in the public school system, which now, of course, you know, this was 20 years ago. It's 10 times, 100 times worse today than it was then. And we we really felt the Lord asking us to to do something that seemed kind of crazy at the time. And it started, you know, from me just reading the, the word with our kids every day. Jay and I had this really a covenant really that we made with each other and with the Lord to say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to get into the Bible with our kids. And we're going to start talking to our kids about what it means to follow Jesus. So the, the best way to do that, I think is just to open up God's word and start reading it. And so that's what we did. And at the time, you know, I had six very young children and we're homeschooling. I'm relatively still relatively new to homeschooling and trying to kind of get my feet on the ground. We didn't have very much money. We're single income family. My husband was working as a pastor and I went down to a local thrift store and I got a children's Bible. And I just started every day in the morning, just reading through that with the children. And I would say, I'm going to read a little passage out of here and I'm going to let you guys write down what the Lord is teaching you because God is speaking through his word. He speaks through his word and we want our children to know that God does not, he's not going to contradict himself. This is how, how you can know when you see things that seem antithetical to what God would want us to do. You know that that's not the Lord. God doesn't change his mind. And the messages that are out in the, in the world today are going to tell you, oh, God's changed his mind or the doctrine of the church has changed or the culture has changed and the, and the Bible's a reflection of the culture. No, the Bible is a reflection of the creator God. And the Bible is the perfect and complete word of God. It contains everything that we need to know to follow God's will for our lives. And it doesn't give us specific instructions related to personal choices and decisions that we make, right? But it does provide all the wisdom that we need to make right judgments in the situations that we find ourselves in and make good decisions. And so as Jay and I were trying to decide, does he leave his job as a pastor that was actually paying him a decent salary for a pastor, especially and do we step out into faith and start traveling around the country and helping people plant homeschool co-ops? So over the course of the years that would come, Jay and I would talk to literally hundreds, if not thousands of pastors and try to say, you guys, you need your churches should be lighthouses for the people in your area that you can say, hey, you know, we've got a homeschool cooperative here. Come on out. We, we're going to help you. And that was this mission that we felt that like God was calling us on. But we were really scared to take the plunge, really scared to jump out in faith and leave a job that provided security. And we were going through at the time, we're reading in the Old Testament with the kids, and I was reading through them, particularly the passage in scripture that that talks about the dividing up of the 12 tribes of Israel. And we're reading, you know, downstairs, I'll never forget it. It's like, it's like etched in my memory. We're sitting downstairs in our, in our family room, you know, babies crawling around on the floor and I'm trying to, you know, uh, wrangle the kids and get their attention. And I'm reading through the, uh, the 12 tribes of Israel. And all of a sudden my son Skylar raises his hand and Skylar's probably seven at the time. And, and, uh, 
And he's like, mom, mom. And I say, Skylar, you know, we're reading the Bible. <laughs> you're like, mellow out. I don't, you know, I'm not going to answer your question right now. So he's kind of quiets down. And a few minutes later, he, he raises his hand again. This is unusual because we're, you know, homeschoolers. My kids don't typically raise their hands to ask questions, stuff like that. But it was like this thing just welling up in Skylar. And he felt like he needed to interrupt. And finally I said, what is it? He goes, mom, we are the Levites. Read that, read that thing again about the Levites. So you guys remember, you know, this is one of the tribes that, that God separated. And he said that was the job of the Levites to serve the people, right? Their job was to act as priests to the people, the mediators between God and the people to really serve them as ambassadors of the Lord. And Skylar said, mom, that is who the St. John's are. We are the Levites. Well, what Skylar didn't know was earlier that morning, Jay and I were praying together and we had been for weeks as to whether or not God wanted uh, Jay to quit this job at the church and do this thing, which just seemed crazy to the world, you know, that we would quit this job and we would get ourselves as, you know, ratty old motorhome off of Craigslist and we would drive it all over the country and we would tell people, get your kids out of the school system. And, and pastors, you have a responsibility. And it was a scary thing to do. And at that moment, when Skylar said, Mom, we're the Levites, I knew that God had answered that prayer. And I, I, I said, just a minute, guys. And I went up to the kitchen and grabbed our little, you know, our corded phone that had like an 18 foot cord on it, you know, and I, I, I took the phone into the bathroom and closed the door. And I called Jay at his office. And I was, I was just crying. And I said, Jay, I, I know, I know what God wants us to do. And he said, well, how do you know? And I said, because we're the Levites, we're the Levites. And he, he, you know, what? And so I was telling him about what I was reading with the kids and how God had set the Levites apart to serve the people. And Jay knew it too. And here are the two of us just on the phone, just in tears, because we were going to do this very scary thing. Sometimes God's going to ask you to do scary things, but he'll never, ever, ever, ever not go with you. The grace of God will follow you where the will of God directs you to go. And this is what I want you guys to know, because I know a lot of you right now are in this situation and you're like, Lord, are you going to direct me? And the answer is yes, he will. He absolutely will. And so, you know, we get this old uh, motorhome, we get it off of Craigslist, it's little uh, class C. We loved it because it had bunk beds in the back and we began to sort of retrofit it for our family because we're going to put, you know, six kids into this little motorhome and drive it from Vancouver, Washington all the way across the United States, trying to help people take their children out of school and really wake the church up. And it was a, it was a, an interesting thing to do as a family because we began to pray, Lord, how are you going to provide for us? What does this look like? So I started getting sponsors for the trip. You know, we worked with curriculum providers and places like that. We worked with Multnomah School of the Bible and uh, other organizations that we just trusted and they helped fund this trip, but it wasn't nearly the amount of funding that we were going to need. It was just enough to get us to get off the bench and onto the battlefield. And as we are, you know, I'm sure that our neighbors, it was starting to look like Noah's Ark, you know, because every day for weeks and weeks and weeks, we were out there, you know, packing up the motorhome, washing it, taking out the old carpet, putting in new carpet, patching up them, some things that were wrong with it, uh, tuning up the engine, all the things to try to get it ready for this very, very long trip. Well, my neighbor, Bob comes over one morning and he said, you know, Heidi, what are you guys doing? Cause I'm sure that the neighbors were looking at, at what we were doing and just going, this is, what are they doing? It had to have really looked like Noah's Ark. You know, they had to have wondered why our kids were going out there every day and, and, you know, stocking up the crock pot and doing all the things. Well, Bob was a believer and Bob said, what is it that you're, you know, what is God asking you guys to do? 
And so I told him what we were planning on doing to, you know, packing all six of our kids up. Cause remember this is before sailor was born. Cause we ended up having seven children. And I said, you know, God's asking us to do this, this crazy thing. And he goes, Oh, well that's, that's interesting. He said, well, I'm going to pray for you. I said, thank you. I close the door, go back into my house. And a few minutes later, Bob comes back and he knocks on the front door and and it was kind of awkward now because I'm like, well, first of all, I hardly ever talked to my neighbors. And now he's back again. And so I said, hey, Bob. He's like, hey, Heidi. Kind of quiet. He goes, today's my birthday. And I was like, awesome. Happy birthday, Bob. You know, I don't have a present for you. I didn't know <laughs> didn't know it was your birthday. He said, well, he said, that's okay because um, I got a present in the mail today. And I said, well, fantastic. And he said, and as soon as I opened it, I knew it was for you. And he said, the Lord spoke to me. And it was almost as if. He said it wasn't audible, but it, it was to me because I know it was the Lord. And he opens up this envelope at, in a birthday card that was for him, and he takes out a $100 bill. Well, you guys have to understand, we're a pastor's family. We'd never seen a $100 bill. My kids were like, oh, my goodness, is that real? Who's the president on the front of the $100 bill? You know, And they're passing it around, and he said, this is for you. The Lord told me to give it to you, and he wants you to know something. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He will be with you wherever you go. He's proud of you. He loves you. And you are doing what he's asked you to do. And he hands my children and me, you know, this, this money. And I mean, I was just dumbfounded and I thought, I'm going to, I'm going to tuck this away because I wonder, you know, we're going to need it. This, this actual $100 bill that we'd never seen before in our lives. And I thanked him and hugged him and I can't remember if he prayed over us or not, but it was just such an amazing thing. He goes back home and a few days later, we left on our trip. You guys, we had no idea that going out on that trip was going to be one of the scariest things that we would ever do in our lives. We didn't know how often the motorhome would break down. One time we stopped in a town in Colorado and uh, Arveda, Colorado, actually, and we're there and I'm setting up and it's hot, blistering hot outside. And this homeschool mom had said that I could talk about homeschooling, homeschool co-ops, and she would set it up the library. So I'm setting up, our kids are, you know, bringing in all this stuff and we're setting up displays and I'm getting ready to teach on homeschooling. And this mom who was going to be the, the organizer of this event comes up to me, just, she's like, Heidi, I need to talk to you. And, and I said, oh, okay. So we stepped to the side and she said, I didn't, I didn't tell anybody you were coming. I, I, I didn't promote it. I forgot. She said, I had a baby six weeks ago and I've had, you know, baby brain fog and the whole thing, which of course I understand. And she's just crying. And I said, you know, I said, it's all right. I said, just hold on one second. Let me go get my kids so that they stop unloading all of our stuff from the motorhome because there's nobody coming. And, you know, we had stopped and we had a few books to sell, you know, youth with a mission had donated some books and we could sell them at, you know, for $6 a pop. And this was literally how we were getting from one place to the other. So to not have people come meant we might not have enough money that night to stay in a hotel room. And so it was a little bit of a scary, you know, a moment for me. And yet here the Lord has this wonderful mom with this brand new baby. And she was the person that the Lord had asked me to minister to that day. And so I went to my husband and my kids and said, Hey, put it all back in in the motorhome. We can put the chairs away. Nobody's coming. She forgot that we were coming. And they all just kind of looked at me like, what? <laughs> like she forgot we were coming. Yes, she did. So they said, okay. So they went, they started packing it up. And as they began the process of putting everything back, I sat down with this mom who was clearly overwhelmed. And I had an opportunity just to love on her for about an hour and talk to her about the importance of education and why what she was doing with her children was so important. And these kinds of things happened as we continued our trip. 
you know, across the United States. Here we are from Washington State, never been in the South, we're not used to humidity, not used to the heat. Although Portland and Vancouver, Washington certainly got a taste of it last week at 111 degrees, which is just crazy. But again, they don't have the humidity up there that they have in the South. And so one night in particular, we pull into, you know, now we're getting really tired, running out of money. There's a, a wonderful little church in the middle of nowhere, Alabama, that said that I could speak there. And so the kids in, and my husband, you know, uh, he was doing a little bit of worship and I was teaching and we were talking about homeschooling and how to start a homeschool co-op and all the things. And when the, when the thing is almost over, you know, one of my daughters came up and she started talking about homeschooling a little bit and the, and they, the evening was going really well, but we were tired and we couldn't stay in the motorhome because it was too hot. So the, the pastor had said, well, you could stay in the basement of our church and it's cold down there. And there's a, a shower down there. Well, you guys, it was like some, that shower was like something out of a horror movie. Like my kids were like, Oh no, no, no. You know, there's spiders down here. We're not going to get, it was like, I mean, picture a cellar with a really old creepy shower in it with a really old creepy, it was like, you know, uh, it was just, and it was terrifying. So we were like, you know, thank you very much, but we're going to just get on the road and maybe we'll go stay at a rest stop for the night or whatever. And the air conditioning had broken at this point. It wasn't working. And I, um, I'm getting ready to pack up now. We've, we're done for the evening. The kids are taking things out to the car, putting everything away. And my son sees the, the sound guy. And for some reason, my son thinks it's a good idea to run into the guy and headbutt him. Well, you can imagine what happens, right, to the sound guy. He screams like a little girl. I'm so embarrassed. I want to just die. I want the ground to open me up and swallow me. We go walking out to the car, and I've got Spencer in one hand and Summer in the other hand. And I'm telling the kids, that was so embarrassing. You guys aren't obeying. And I know you're tired, but you still have to listen. You still have to obey and blah, blah, blah. And I'm, I'm, I'm heading out to the car and the steam, you know, it's about 10 o'clock at night. Steam is rising up off of the Alabama pavement and it's hotter than the blue blazes. And I see this car across the parking lot, like a Volkswagen bus or a bug or a beetle or something. It's an old Volkswagen. And this guy gets out of this car. Well, he's dressed really ratty, you know, holes in his clothes, his hair's not kept. And I think, oh my word, I'm going to die in a parking lot in a church in Alabama in the middle of the night. That's what's going to happen. He's going to kill me in front of my kids. So I, I sort of, you know, push my kids behind me and I say, you know, be quiet. <laughs> and this guy comes up to me, says, are you Heidi St. John? I said, uh, yes. Um, you know, who wants to know? And he starts fiddling around in his pockets there's just dirty jeans and he pulls out this wadded hundred dollar bill and he hands it to me and he says, Heidi, the Lord wants you to know that he's, he loves you and he's proud of you and he's never going to leave you and he's never going to forsake you and he'll be with you wherever you go. And he, I, I, I'm just speechless and my kids are speechless. Well, partly thank goodness. Cause I told them to remain speechless, but we're watching and, and I say, you know, I say, thank you. And keep in mind, you know, we're trying to figure out where we're going to stay that night because we don't want to stay in this, in this, it was nice to the pastor, but we don't want to stay in this cellar that Laurel knows what was down there. <laughs> so now we had a little bit of money to get a hotel room for the night in the cool and cool off. And we start talking to our kids. Well, you guys, this happened over and at that point now. So the first time it happened was in Vancouver. It happens again in Alabama. And after that, the floodgates begin to open. And it probably happened, you know, at least uh, I would say seven or eight more times and maybe even more than that, you know, over the course of that season that we were out on the road. It happened in, an, in a hotel in Ohio. It happened in Louisiana. It happened in Texas. And my kids were starting to expect it, right? There was a point in which people, random people come up and one of my kids would go, mom, they're going to give you a hundred dollars. You watch this, this, this is God's angel, a hundred dollars. God's going to give you this hundred dollars. And it happened over and over and over again. 
and what we learned through this miraculous. And you guys, when people give us these hundred dollar bills, they said the same thing every single time that God loved us. He was proud of us. He had a plan for us and he was never going to leave us and never going to forsake us. And there were nights when we felt forsaken and nights when we wondered if we had really heard the Lord and God is still at work. That's the kind of thing that he does. And I shared this story in Des Moines a couple of weeks ago. And after, you know, it was 106 degrees in Des Moines when we got there, by the way. And, and it was one of those events where I had to fly ahead of Jay or no, he went ahead of me and I had another thing I had to fly to. And I met him at the Des Moines airport and he met me at the door of the airport and said, welcome to spring in hell. <laughs> it's so hot here. Come out of the airport and this, man, this just wall of heat just hits you. And I just remember thinking as we were driving to this event in Des Moines, I wonder what the Lord is going to do. And at the end, I told them, I was trying to encourage the parents, follow the Lord. If God has given you something to do, trust him. He's not going to leave you. He's not going to forsake you. He, he wants us to follow him. And the battle lines have been drawn in the, in the, in the nation right now. The battle lines in the culture have been drawn. And I heard a pastor say the other day, and I wish I knew who this was. If you guys know who it is, you'll have to let me know. But a friend of mine quoted a pastor who said, that he believed that the Rona, the, that the uh, COVID-19 scamdemic was a drill, but the real thing is yet to come. And we're not in the war that's actually coming, but the uniforms are being passed out. And I think that's absolutely true. And in the middle of this, you guys can trust the Lord. And so after the Des Moines event is over, we went out to eat with some friends of ours, wonderful, wonderful couple that we've known forever from our, from our hometown in Battleground, Washington, happened to have moved to Des Moines. And so we had dinner with them. And toward the end of our dinner, this gentleman comes up behind me and slaps a hundred dollar bill down on the table. And he's like, Heidi, the Lord told me to give this to you. And he loves you. And he's proud of you. Of course he heard the story. So it wasn't the same thing, but the point was it, it ministered to somebody and your story, you guys, is not for you. It's for God. Your story is for God's glory. And over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to, I have, Melissa was just reminding me of just story after story. Another amazing thing just happened to me in the Pittsburgh airport. And I don't have time to talk about it today, but look for God's fingerprints, you guys, because he's still at work. God is still speaking. He, he never changes. The Bible teaches us that he is our salvation and we can be confident in Philippians 1, 6, we read, for I am confident. What does confidence mean? It means that no matter what somebody else says, I know what I'm doing. I know who I am. I'm confident of this very thing that he who began a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, until the Lord returns. And so no matter how pressured you guys feel right now, don't forget that God is always at work and he never stops working on your behalf. He never stops working. And some of you are going to have amazing stories to tell. I mean, that $100 bill story, I think it, it showed my husband and I, I mean, I could go on for hours and I don't have time, but just of the individual places that random people came up to us, never knowing that that had happened. And eventually Jay and I started giving those hundred dollar bills to other people. Eventually our kids would say, mom, I wonder if God wants us to give a hundred dollar bill to that person. So we would ask the Lord, Lord, do, is this, do, what do you want us to do with this hundred dollar bill? Because now we don't need it like we needed it before. And now the Lord is saying, I want you to bless somebody else. And some of you are in a position to bless somebody else right now. What does that look like? What is the Lord doing in your life right now? And if that's you, ask him because he'll show you God is always at work. He's always at work. We can have our confidence in him and your confidence when it's placed in the father is well placed. So I hope that encourages you guys today. Again, I am out of Facebook jail. So hopefully I'm going to be doing a Facebook live. I'm at the Ark Encounter 
We've been spending a couple of days with our kids here, and I'll be flying back to Vancouver, Washington tomorrow to speak at an event for the Clark County Republicans. But you guys, the Lord is at work. He's been at work out here when I've been on the road, and he is at work where you are, and he's still speaking. He's still at work. And so be encouraged today that the Lord is, he's doing something. And just because you see around you what feels terrifying and sometimes upsetting, uh, you are born for such a time as this. Right place, right time in God's economy. And he never does anything apart from a kingdom purpose. Thanks for listening today, everybody. I really appreciate it. And we're going to come back tomorrow. I've got a special guest on the show and uh, one of the Enid Freedom Fighters coming on the show with me. You guys have heard Melissa on here talking about the Enid Freedom Fighters. And I had a chance to meet uh, Emily in Oklahoma City, and she's going to come on tomorrow. And you guys are going to be blessed and encouraged. This is a homeschool mom who has a passion to teach people about the history of this great nation and how we can get involved. So come back tomorrow. I know you're going to be encouraged at the intersection of faith and culture. For more encouragement, visit me online at momstronginternational.com.